feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. It's another edition of the Conquer Local podcast. And this week, we're digging into the industry that is one of the lifebloods of local economies, and that is the franchise business. I recently was at the International Franchise Conference in Orlando, Florida. Got to catch up with an old friend of mine, Joe Mohey, who is from Integrated Digital Strategies. He's the Chief Revenue Officer and one of the co-founders. And we're going to get Joe on the podcast this week to give us the ins and outs of the Zors and the Zs, franchisors and the franchisees that power the local economies of all of our local communities. Joe Mohey, our guest this week on the Conquer Local podcast, coming up next. Very excited to have my good friend Joe Mohey on the podcast this episode. And uh, Joe, welcome to the uh, podcast from, is it sunny Florida today? Yeah, it is uh, sunny. It's uh, central Florida. And um, looking out of my uh, patio here, it looks like a gorgeous day. Good. Well, it's gorgeous where we are too in the middle of the frozen tundra. I'm sure the (laughs) only difference is the temperature and maybe some snow. Well, it was good that a couple of weeks ago you got to you know, experience the Florida, the weather here when you were in Orlando. So always enjoy when I look at the conference schedule and we get to come to Orlando and, and you and I get to hang out and learn some more about each other. And, you know, we've known each other for, I was thinking about this, we've known this for about six and a half years and, you know, your company was founded in 2012. So you've been doing this for quite some time. Why don't you just give us the high level bio of Joe Mohe, CRO and co-founder of Integrated Digital Strategies. Yeah, well, thank you, George. Yeah, it's it's. I feel equally as uh, proud of uh, of you guys and all the things you guys have been able to do over the last you know eight plus years since I've been know- I've known you. Um, yeah, so I mean, I I you know, funny story is I actually sold Yellow Pages in my first early going in in marketing and sales. You know, carried the bag and worked with local SMBs throughout you know throughout Central Florida, and um, you know that was gosh, dating myself almost 20 years ago. Um, but, you know, I've, I've had a tremendous passion for digital from those early years when Google really kind of got kicked off. I adopted, you know, the whole internet marketing, uh, you know, knowledge base. And, um, you know, I utilized that throughout my career. And, you know, eight years ago when I, uh, you know, met my partner, Steve Galligan, um, you know, got into the mar- digital marketing business ourselves, um, you know, I felt that, we felt together that franchising was just a tremendous opportunity to build a marketing agency around because of, of some of the things that we're going to talk about on this podcast and the opportunities it provided. Um, you know, we're a, a, a team that's spread around a couple different areas around the country, from Boston to Orlando to Salt Lake City. We have a, a, a tremendous technology team abroad uh, that provides us great technology uh, services, uh, along with partners like ourselves. And, uh, you know, two years in a row, Entrepreneur uh, ranked us as one of the top tier marketing agencies uh, that serve the franchise community. And that was a, a crowning achievement we're very proud of. Uh, it was voted on by our clients. And, you know, like I said, we're, we're a very lean but very uh, driven uh, organization. 
And, uh, you know, getting recognized by, you know, a publisher like that uh, really was great validation for our company. Well, and congratulations on that. Well-deserved as, you know, we've worked together over the years. I know that in talking to your customer base, which I've had the privilege to be able to do a number of times, um, and as recently as just a few weeks ago, uh, your, you know, your customers are raving fans. So, you know, let's set the stage. We talk about your career. So you carried the bag you've done, you know, you've knocked on all the doors. Um, and then you adopt digital and you recognize that there's this sweet spot in franchise that needs to be served. But I, I just want to, I want to just scratch into one little piece here. It's, it's that obsessing on the customer experience that really has helped you guys in building the business that you've built because your clients love you. Yeah. So I, I mean, for us, it's, you know, we're a digital marketing agency, like, like most that you, you, you know, come across in, 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 you know, in the industry. Um, you know, obviously we do some things that I think are, are, you know, set us apart and I'll, I'll touch on that, you know, as, as we continue the conversation, but at the end of the day, it's all about building a very trusting personal relationship as, as best as you can with your client. That's what I feel like, uh, as you said, George, you know, a lot of clients you talk to or at these different conferences, I, I feel like they, they really uh, feel we're their partner, we're, we're in it with them. Their success is absolutely the, 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 at the forefront of our minds. And, and, you know, I've been kind of taught in sales and marketing and just being in business, you know, if you don't have a happy customer, um, you know, you don't have a successful business. And so our team, we all share that sentiment. Uh, and personal relationships and, and striving to exceed uh, their expectations and, and finding pro- uh, solutions to problems. That's literally who we are in our in our culture. And that I think has served us really well. Well, I, I wanted to dig into that a little bit, Joe, first off, because your experiences, you know, you've been selling your whole life and you've been very successful at it. I think there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that may be new to the business or maybe it's, you know, they're, they're starting to understand that, you know, they need to sell and they need to, but it's, it's more than just going out and communicating with a prospect or being good at, at uh, cold calling, you know, there's all these other skills, but it, it's having that in your heart that you really care about the customer at the end of the day and walking them through what might be a successful partnership. And you know, that word gets overused. I think a lot of people pay lip service to it and actually don't really dig into that. And, and I think where this is really important is when, you know, you, you have a recession happen or there's some sort of an economic uh, event in your market or in your industry. It's the people that are seen as the, the one, the businesses that will go above and beyond that survive what might be the inevitable churn that might be coming. So something happens, um, you know, we, we elect a government that isn't, you know, business friendly and the market goes down, people freak out. It's the businesses that really have that customer focus that are in a, in a very unique position to, to weather that storm. And by the way, those storms are going to happen. They've been happening for a million years. They're going to continue to happen. Can, can you comment on that from your experience over the years in, in sales? Yeah, I, I'd say that all goes back to really earning the trust advisor status. That's like the holy grail of sales and relationship building. And that comes in time. So serving your customer as if they're an extension of your family and really get under the needs and the problems that they face every day and what their bosses are measuring for their success. I think it has to be like the foundation of what you do before even the marketing programs are underway and the, and the activities, really digging in and learning their brand, learning their culture, learning what's most important to them. And once you've done that, when these 
you know, storms start to take effect, you know, the things that happen in, in, in a market, you know, they, they really listen to you. They, they look for your advice in essence, you know, cause they know you live in front of data, you live in front of the marketing realm. And you also talk to a lot of brands, right? A lot of people that might be in like industries and have shared, you know, what challenges and successes they're having. So to me, it's, it's all about establishing that trusting relationship early on. You've got to earn that. And then when these, these challenges come up, you know, you're working through them together and finding solutions to problems. Um, and that, that really has served us again, very well, not only as partner owner in this agency, but just throughout my 20 year sales career. Well, thank you for that. And I think that it, you know, it's something that salespeople need to keep in mind. It's agency owners need to keep in mind. Business owners need to keep in mind is, you know, you want those raving fans. One One of the the things things we were most excited about getting you on the podcast was to get your learnings over the last eight years where you've been working in the franchise space. And I think a lot of people, when they're out making sales calls in a local market, they're like, oh, there's this business here. It's a franchise. I'm going to go sell that one massage envy. And then they're all going to want to come on board with me. And uh, it's not quite that uh, simple, is it, in that space? No, I have a funny story. When we, you know, my partner, Steve Galligan and I got into the franchise space where our first kind of introduction to it was at a franchise show. And, you know, it was the IFA. It was about eight years ago. We we really just went in eyes wide open. It's okay. How are we going to adapt to this type of industry? What are we going to learn from it? And obviously, you know, we had a lot of confidence in our, our approach to marketing. And, uh, you know, it was interesting to hear from the folks that kind of head up these IFA organizations like, listen, this is not a, a grand slam. You're going to come in and, and nail in, n- nail a home run your first time. And you got to you got to show that you're part of this franchise community and uh, you got to stick with it. There's there's some long uh, long term relationships that you have to build to be trusted as a marketing partner. And so when we got in, we really thought along those lines and. You know, we, we had a couple big wins early on, but, you know, we were grinding. You know, Steve and I are sales and marketing guys like like you, George, and many of the people you work with. We had to do a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, prospecting, a lot of flying around the country and pitching and, and, and strike out on some deals. But inevitably, you, you land a couple couple and that can really hold, you know, it hold ground for, for your organization. Um what, what I found to be really a differentiator for us when we got into this eight years ago is we saw the growing opportunity for franchise development, like you mentioned, George. That is top of mind. Any C-suite, uh, you know, level executive in franchising cares deeply about growing their brand. That's why they're in business. Uh, so, what we felt was an opportunity is let's let's tackle the franchise industry kind of going more to that franchise development uh, side of the business. They're sales executives. These are people like us that have very similar mindsets and growing sales and, 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 and investing in marketing. So they were highly accessible. I mean, when I would go to shows, I pick up a card. I mean, their cell phone, their office number, their email, their social media, all on the card. I mean, I, it was not a hard sale to get in front of these folks. And we worked those relationships and we did our research, figured, okay, where they're spending their money, where it's not working, and where we see opportunities. Um, and we found that franchise development, you know, selling franchises depended heavily on inbound marketing, you know, content creation, answering franchise buyers' most important questions. And uh, that's around the time when inbound marketing started to, to build uh, in, the, in the marketplace. And we just laser focused on inbound marketing for these franchise organizations. 
And, uh, you know, they, they saw it and they felt it pretty quickly with the impact it made for them to sell franchise. So Joe, let, let's, let's break this down for our audience. When we talk about fr- the franchise business, there are franchisees, the Z's, and those yeah. are the people that buy a franchise. And then there's the franchisor, the Zors, we'll call them throughout the episode. Those are the people that are selling franchises. So I want to give you some famous names of people that have sold franchises. Conrad Hilton. Uh, Joe Marriott, Colonel Sanders, Ray Kroc, some of the most successful business people. Like when you think those names, you think, oh, wow. Like when you hear Hilton, sometimes you think Paris. I think Conrad uh, because, you know, that was where that franchise was built. So start thinking about that for a moment to our audience. You drove by five franchises on your way to work this morning. Like they're everywhere and it's an amazing industry. And, and, and as I've started to dig into this over the last few years and learn more about it, at that very highest level of the franchise or the Zors, they, they, it's actually quite a small world. Like they know each other and they go to these conventions and they share concepts on how to grow that brand. When you're talking about growing brands, though, you're talking about growing locations and rooftops. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's definitely a, uh, you know, a, a, an important element that, you know, franchise organizations uh, care about. It's two things. It's growing the brand. So growing the number of locations through, like you said, franchisees, you know, building a, a business model that is, is sustainable, it's validated, and you offer your franchise to these prospective franchisees, um, but also keeping those franchisees happy. Uh, you know, franchisee satisfaction is the number two, at least the number two thing that that, that franchise organizations care about um, outside of growing their brand. And, uh, you know, these brands have to provide uh, great support. I mean, the whole, you know, the whole mantra of franchising is you're, you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And, uh, you know, marketing is, is, is very much a part of that uh, investment that they make into a franchise organization. And, and that's, so, the va- um, that's the value that they bring. So let's, I want you to help me with this. I want to paint a picture for our audience. You've got a franchisor and they are now have this pipeline of potential business entrepreneurs that want to buy their franchises. The odd time, correct me if I'm wrong, the odd time you might find a master franchise that has the ability to buy a territory and do whatever the hell they want with it is, well, not whatever they want with it, but they could put up 10 or 15. That's a thing too, right? Yes. But then, yeah, that's, uh... but then you've got this business, this entrepreneur. And they now meet with the franchisor and their team that is responsible for franchise development, essentially selling more franchises. And their and their value proposition is we have a business model that works. So we're not talking about a startup where you got to go and you got to figure everything out, trial and error. And you think that you've got the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you go through eight different pivots to get to that. We're, we're saying the franchisor's value proposition, we've already done the pivots. We've already figured out what works. We already know what are the best markets. We already know what the best locations are to put these things. That's why you're paying us this fee to become a franchisee. Now it's up to you to go run that business. And, and then the franchisor has to still give value and support that. Am, are we on the right page here? I just want to get a, a picture painted for our audience. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, a, in a simple view, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, you know, having a, a business model that is attractive enough where someone is willing to 
put their life savings into an investment to obviously, you know, have more control of their destiny, you know, uh, you know, meet their, their dreams of, of being in business, but not all of that risk that it takes, you know, how businesses, you know, I don't forget the percentage of, of businesses, you know, don't even make it past, you know, the first five years, you know, that number is greatly diminished when a person, you know, an investor or a franchisee, potential franchisee is buying into a franchise. Um, but the dynamic I think that's really important is franchise brands, obviously, there's a variety of industries that people could consider. And it's not always about dollars and cents. It's all about maybe also having an emotional connection to that particular industry. You know, I have, you know, children and, you know, I'm very much involved in their education. If I, you know, and I've done a lot of research, I might lean towards education franchising because I'm so passionate about it. So, in, or health and wellness, you know, people that are, uh, you know, potentially, you know, looking to buy a business where, you know, because they, they're big, you know, in, in, in healthy living. So, um, you know, franchise development is something that is constantly uh, has to fuel education and answers to questions, um, not selling. You know, the selling, it's actually done like maybe towards the end. So, I mean, there's statistics through IFA and different organizations that, that provide this data. It's almost 68% of the sale is done before they even talk to the salesperson. Think about when you buy a car or buy a house. I mean, you're doing all your online research well before you have, you know, the conversations with the realtor or the, or the salesperson. So, so buying a business, it's about educating, doing all your research online as much as you can, asking Google these highly important questions. Um, and then start to have some dialogue with the brand that of uh, uh, the brand that you're interested in looking at. Well, and and back to what you mentioned earlier, as you you guys were cracking the code on this, you realized that because it's this inbound demand, and there's an enormous amount of research that is done to yeah. drive that inbound bound demand. Correct me if I'm wrong. If we look back eight years ago, it wasn't like there was this amazing content engine at the top of every franchisor. And it probably still doesn't exist to this day because I look at some of the biggest brands in the world that have a content creation problem. So, yeah. you know, you're saying, and I think that it's important that we all understand this. It's actually something you've heard over and over and over again on the podcast is if you're not the trusted local expert and you're not bringing real value and you, and because they've already figured out if they want to talk to you and go down the road to a sale. You're actually, at, by the time you start talking to the prospect, it's your deal to lose. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's part of, part of uh, I, I would say, part of the picture. I mean, to me, the brands that have actually excelled in inbound marketing are not the big, like you said, they're not the biggest and best well-known brands. You know, to, to be honest with you, the mid-market brands I've seen have tremendous growth you know, mid-market being, you know, your 50 to 150 location, you know, that's that truthfully in our agency world, that's our sweet spot, right? Because we know they are, they're validated. I mean, they, they've got, they've got locations out there. They have happy franchisees. They're aggressive. They want to grow to that 500 location goal over the next several years. So they are putting their marketing dollars to work to compete with some of those big, well-known brands. And the internet, as we all know, George, you know as good as anyone, is the great equalizer. So where we found really great success is for a franchise development or franchise recruitment uh, client, we're pumping out content. You know, we're thinking about uh, the blog topics from like, you know, our blog topics revolve around the sales process. What are the objections? What are the pain points that franchise uh, develop, uh, franchisees, potential franchisees have when considering a franchise? 
So when we're pumping out that blog content, where we're coming up with great landing pages and downloadable content, and we're optimizing this for search, um, they find to get more leads. Uh, the cost per acquisition is a lot lower, as you know, because it's organic, it's earned. And uh, uh, these brands, these mid-market brands um, have just had a field day taking opportunities away from some of the bigger enterprise level brands because they're answering the buyer's questions better and they're becoming more of a thought leader within their respective industries. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to a junior marketer the other day that shall go nameless. Um, and not even in our building. So let's just get that out there. So there's a bunch of junior marketers in our building. They'll be going, oh, you might be talking about me. Um, but it wasn't in our building. And, it, and I was talking to them about, let me see what your sales presentation is. And um, mm -hmm. they were like, oh yeah, we put this together three years ago. And I'm like, and it still works. I, I was absolutely <laughs> astonished because a good presentation is constantly evolving based upon the objections or the questions that you're getting from prospects. That's why it's never done. Like uh, the yeah. people, people in our building know that I'm going to come up with a new pitch tomorrow because there's something yeah. that happened on a call. Now, when you talk about blogging and content writing, let's think about this for a moment. Imagine if the blog writer actually talked to the salesperson that was on 20 oh. calls talking to prospects saying, this question comes up all the time. Please just write me a piece of content that they can consume to solve that question before I have to talk to them. And, and yeah. it's about that tying is. that whole thing together. Yeah. Sales and marketing alignment. That's that's where the brands that are that are really having success are, are are doing it. And you know, buyer personas is a big topic for our business that we, you know, when we're involved in. Obviously, they want, you know, franchise sales guys just like any salesperson wants leads, right? They want the funnel building, but not every lead is going to convert. And when you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars of investment to, you know, potentially buy a franchise and all the you know capital it takes, these leads are they have to be highly viable, you know, financially, they've got to fit the, the brand culture. They, you know, they are awarded franchise. They're not, they can't just buy a franchise, a franchise or awards it to a potential franchisee. So what I've, I've always advocated is treat your website, your franchise sales website as the ultimate sales tool, the ultimate online resource, almost like your own Wikipedia about the industry and about your brand and what your ideal franchise prospects, the people that are you're looking to sell this brand to, what they are interested in to know, like what, what matters most to them. And you're using video, you're using, like I said, blog, blog topics, FAQs, guides, downloadables. You just have to just arm them with every piece of content you think will be helpful to help them through that sales process. Um, and they vet themselves out. I mean, I have clients that tell me, gosh, you know, I, you know, before I used to get a lot of leads and they, you know, 1% would convert. Now it's like, twice or three times that maybe a little bit less volume, but they're real leads. They're real candidates that are motivated and educated to, to take the next steps. And that's a beautiful picture. When you think about the ROI of selling a franchise compared to what they actually pay in marketing dollars, it is a, a wonderful proposition for both us as an agency, as well as, as the brands that we represent. Well, I've thought about this a lot when, and I'm glad that you brought it up. We were talking about leads. So what, what do they need? They want leads. That's actually not the truth. They're lying to you. They want, they want good, they want good leads. <laughs> they want qualified leads. They real good salespeople, their time is valuable and they don't yes. want to talk to, to, you know, um, dusty leads, I think is what our teams have called them that, you know, they don't even have a business yet. Let, well, that's great. It's not a bad yeah. thing. Let's send them over here to school, let them learn about some things. And then when they're tall enough to ride the ride, then we'll put them into Disney world. 
So, you know, there's my Orlando reference to your your backyard there. You know, the goal of this episode was to understand the how and why that the franchise world has adapted to digital. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you're you're showing that this is how they're selling franchises, but also this is how the franchisor business works at the highest level in, you know, two minutes in a very short overview. What do you think some of the biggest challenges that franchisees have in 2020? Yeah, no, that's that's a great, uh, great tie into, um, you know, what what I think is also highly, highly important is, you know, franchisees are, you know, I, I say this to you, if you do not have happy franchisees, I don't care how much you can invest in franchise development marketing, you're not going to sell a lot of franchises. There's just too much content. There's too much online sentiment out on the web as these franchise buyers are doing their due diligence that if you have a lot of unhappy franchisees and it's it's floating to the top of searches or they're poking around those review sites and saying, wow, these guys are twos out of fives, you know, and they're not responding to reviews. That all is factored in as, as franchisors, um, you know, are trying to grow their brand. Um, what's great about this though, and, and working with, again, with partners like yourselves, you provide agencies like us. I mean, we're a 30 person agency, uh, you know, you provide us scalable and easy to implement marketing services what, what we've found to be highly important for franchisors is to empower franchisees with the ability to have, you know, localized marketing for their specific markets, but also, um, you know, giving them scalable solutions that are managed a little bit at the top level and the brand level, but, you know, empowering them, you know, giving them guidance, you know, educating them with through webinars, through through, you know, uh, you know, conferences, regional conferences. I mean, I, I do this pretty regularly with some of our, our biggest and best clients where I'll fly out and go to a regional conference in front of maybe a hundred franchisees and just reinforce the importance of these tools that the brand has invested in on their behalf. But knowing that they are the ones controlling uh, and maximizing those tools, not the brand uh, marketer at the top level, it's the local franchisee and uh, all of that content that online sentiment is is online when you're selling a franchise people can see you know if it's an unhappy franchisee website or if the the franchisees are not responding to reviews or getting reviews enough reviews you know that that affects the the growth of that brand well it's a you know it's a really good point and it it is the catch-22 where you and i'm sure that our audience has called on a franchisee in the local market and maybe they were even able to sell them a small ad campaign or some sort of digital marketing tools. Um, and you'll, you'll hear from that franchisee, well, I don't have the authority to do this. It's, you know, at, that's at the franchisor level. Nine times out of 10, that's smoke. They just, you didn't give them a really good value proposition as to why they should do business with you. The other thing we're finding is even if the franchisor has this information and they built tools they may not necessarily be readily sharing it with the local location. So all is not lost. There is a local sale opportunity, but um, in, in a lot of cases, we're seeing more and more of that being dictated at the corporate level. Is that is my feeling that I'm hearing what the same thing you're hearing from your your groups that you work with? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say just in a typical you know relationship with kind of the parent-child relationship in, in, in franchise marketing, I mean, there's definitely needs to have a... a, a infrastructure that they have control of the overall digital you know ecosystem in a sense you know making sure the listings are are accurate and you know you know better than anyone how that affects findability Um, they have to have the right tools that are easy to implement um you know so that a a franchisee that's running his day-to-day business and 
can utilize and not, you know, feel like they're spending hours doing that. Um, but at the end of the day, each local market has a, a requirement to spend additional dollars to drive leads, right? So they pay into an ad fund that's, you know, based on, you know, percentage of sales. And that does uh, a lot for their overall marketing for that specific uh, franchise. But the additional dollars to invest in lead generation is where I feel uh, digital marketing sales folks that you, you know that you work with have the biggest opportunity. Um, and it, you know they might say that you know objection. Oh, corporate handles that. Well, they only handle a small piece of that. And that's mostly due to you know the findability, um, you know, and local local um, presence aspects. Um, the other thing that I find is very effective is when you look at their location uh, pages. If there's not enough uniqueness to the page, if there's not reviews streaming onto there, if there's not enough information about the local community, about the owner, they're missing out on this whole hyper-local SEO opportunity. And, um, and I feel like that bundled with, you know, uh, you know, digital, uh, you know, tools is, is where I feel uh, franchisees can, can invest um, that they're not getting from the, um, from the franchisor. Well, I, I hate saying my old friend. So I'm going to say my longtime friend, Joe Mohe, on the podcast this week, giving us the 101 and maybe the 102 and the 103 on, or is it one, is it giving us the 100, the 200 and the 300 course on franchises today in about 20 minutes time. I, you know, yeah. great job in getting it into, you know, bite-sized size pieces for the conquerors out there to understand this space. It's questions that come up all the time and, and producer yeah. Colleen and I were thinking, who could we get as a, oh, Joe, just get, get Joe. <laughs> He's going to cover it. So thanks for joining us from sunny Orlando. And thanks for being our very latest guest on the Conquer Local podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, we, we wish you all the best, uh, George and your organization. You guys have been a true partner for us since uh, the beginning and, uh, looking forward to many years uh, with you guys. Well, great conversation with Joe Mohe, one of my favorite revenue leaders out there. He's had a, an interesting career as he arrived in this franchise development space and Integrated Digital Strategies has recently went from franchise development to also helping the individual franchisees run a better business through their business marketing. Some interesting takeaways from Joe and the things that he has learned. And that is that there's an enormous amount of power in that franchise structure. When you think about the money that they charge when they sell an individual franchise, we're not talking about $10 here. We're talking about a very significant investment. And they're looking for, you know, a lot of times the franchisor is looking to vet whoever is buying the franchisee to make sure that they're, you know, an entrepreneur at heart and they're a business person and they have some skin in the game and, you know, that type of thing. So it's, it's a very interesting model. And as I mentioned during the podcast, you think of some of the biggest brands in the world, they are part of this franchise model. It's interesting when it comes to franchise development, what Joe was saying, because I think it speaks to a number of uh, revenue motions or customer journeys that are out there that this idea of I can go online and I can learn everything I need to know about the thing that I'm thinking of buying or the concept that I'm thinking of buying. You think about franchisees, you know, some of them are worth millions of dollars. 
So we're not talking about a small sale here. I, that level of research and the fact that we can do it online has really changed the game for businesses when they're trying to drive demand. And he talked a lot about inbound marketing. He talked a lot about getting that content online and then the potential buyers read through that content. And actually what they're looking to, is to find the right customer. And then, you know, it was interesting, by the time they get down to selling, a lot of the questions have already been answered. And, uh, you know, we're finding that more and more. It's it's not necessarily just small purchases where there's research happening. There's, you know, this amount of research around these massive purchases in the franchise business. You know, there's less risk in investing and buying a franchise. And part of that, and I'm glad that Joe touched on it, that is the fact that franchise development has done a lot of the research already um, to figure out where the best fits are going to be for these businesses. And it it is such a broad range. It's hotels, it's restaurants, but it's also, you know, nannies and it's, you know, painting businesses and pretty much anything can be molded into that franchise model. And you don't have to drive very far down the main streets in North America or the high streets in Europe to find a franchise. They are everywhere. So understanding how we go to the franchisor, Joe did a great job of that today, but it was really interesting. He made a point of pointing out that the individual franchisees have a number of problems that they need to solve as well. And what I'm I'm trying to get you folks to think about is that mistake that salespeople make when they're out on the street and they come by, they go by a large brand that they know is part of a franchise and they just pre-qualify it and disqualify it. And they say, no, those buys are made at the corporate head office. Not all of them. The corporate head office mandates certain things, but there are a number of things that that local business needs to source and consume themselves. And I think that you owe it to the prospect to tell you that they're not in the market and not just pre-qualify that opportunity because it's a large brand. Thanks to Joe for joining us on this week's edition of the Conquer Local podcast, all about the Z's and the Zors. Thanks to everyone for reaching out to us on our favorite channel, the LinkedIn profile. And uh, we've been getting constant messages over the last few weeks to speak about some of the very interesting things that are happening right now. And uh, that's where we come up with our teaching episodes. And we've got some great ones coming up here over the next couple of weeks based upon some of the things that you've been asking for. What's one of the problems that you're having that you can't solve or you're maybe struggling to solve? Give it to us on LinkedIn, come to my LinkedIn profile, George Leith, send me a private message, and then we'll go out and do the research and try and find some guests that can speak about it that are subject matter experts. That's where these episodes are coming from. And, uh, you know, we'd like to thank Dale for his request of us digging into the franchisee and the franchisor space. And we went out and found a guy that does it every single day, Mr. Joe Mohey. And I hope that you found some value from that. That's where we come up with our concepts as we move forward here in season three and then into season four next year of what these episodes might look like. The other thing is, um, you know, those of you who know me really well know that I have a tendency maybe to procrastinate and do things at the last minute, but not producer Colleen. She is always ahead of the game. So we are thinking about episodes for later this year, and we'd love to hear from you of your concepts that we should be discussing here on the Conquer Local podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath.